This morning, if you have your Bible, you can turn with me in Matthew chapter 9. We're going to look at a few verses there this morning. But I'm going to be addressing the topic with you today of the stages God uses to grow your faith. Different stages that we go through in life that God uses to grow us uh, in our faith uh, with him. You know, everybody has faith in something or someone. You know, um, <clears throat> you know, we use the illustration oftentimes of a chair. You can see a chair, and you can know it's a chair, but until you sit down in it and put your weight in it, you hadn't really trusted that that chair can accomplish what it's there for. But you know what? Every one of you walked in here and saw that chair, and you sat right down in it, and you had faith that that chair was going to hold you, amen? Even though you ate all that food this past week, you still had faith that chair was going to hold you. And it did. I hadn't seen anybody fall down in the room. I hadn't seen any chair fold up and, or any, uh, anything happen along those lines. But, you know, a lot of times when it comes to the most important thing in life, is faith in God and, and the things that we're going through in times of our life at different stages. Probably as a pastor, one of the questions I get asked most is, why is this happening to me? I probably hear that more than anything. Why, why am I going through this difficult time in my life? Now, some of you might not ever question why, and that's okay. That's fine, but there are some that do. And that's probably one of the most important things I get asked. And people don't understand. And when you don't understand the stages that, of faith that are out there, when you don't, then it'll, it'll cause you to, to have several things go through in your life. When you don't understand the stages God uses to grow our faith, then first of all, this could happen to you. You could get discouraged. You could. Faith's a journey. And if you don't understand a certain stage of it, you could, you could easily get discouraged in your, in your walk. Another thing could happen is you might become resentful. You might become angry. You know, there, there are things that hit us in life that we might not know why this is happening. I mean, there's... There's things that might cause you to question God. There, you could become so resentful or something that has happened in your life that you just get very angry at God. That could happen. Another one is, uh, is that you might worry. If you don't really understand the stages, then worry could come in. Is there anybody that worries in the room? Anyone? You begin to worry a little bit too much? And really, worry or anxiety like that, it causes us to get our eyes on our circumstances more than it does keeping our focus on God. And that's, that's the trick in the trap of the devil anyway. He wants to get you distracted by, uh, by that. So worry, worry comes easy. But, you know, I've always said this, and this is good. This is a good word for you. If, if, you can, or if you're good at worrying, then you're good at meditating. And so all you got to do is just begin to meditate and focus on the things of the Lord. Because if you're good at worrying, then you're naturally good at meditating on the things of God. 
So what you got to do is just flip that worry over into, I'm just going to think about the things of the Lord here and what God can do through that. So I had someone tell me that one time, and I was like, man, that is good stuff right there. Because people said, I worry all the time. Well, then focus that worry and turn it to the Lord. And then another one is you might become fearful. If you don't really understand the stages that God's using to grow your faith, you could become afraid, particularly of what might happen in the future. And so fear begins to get in, and it comes along with worry. And then the final one is depression. Depression is a different thing that might happen to you if you don't really understand the different stages. So I'm going to give you some scripture here that gives us a, some insight into this. And there was a, a situation where in chapter 9 of Matthew's uh, gospel where Jesus went into a home. And two blind men followed him into that place. And when he entered, they cried out to him. They said, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he entered the house, the blind men came up to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And then Jesus touched their eyes, saying, It shall be done to you according to your faith. They asked, Jesus asked them a question, do you believe I'm able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord. And then he said, it will be done to you according to your faith. So these two blind men obviously placed their faith that, that Jesus could do what he said he could do. And the scripture goes on to say that they were both healed at that point. And then he sternly warned them not to go and tell anybody. Now, isn't that interesting? He heals them. Two blind men who, who have not been able to see can now see. And then he tells them, don't go tell anybody. Now, man, if, 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 if I were blind and all I have sight, I'd be wanting to go tell everybody. Man, this man just, I was blind, but now I see. Man, I'd be wanting to go tell everybody. But then he says, but don't tell. Well, don't tell anybody. So what is this faith thing? I want to tell you where faith begins. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says these words. So faith comes from hearing. And hearing from the word of God, from the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing. So how does it, faith begin? As you begin a journey of faith and the stages of faith, faith starts out from hearing. And so that's why the Bible says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. So where do we get our faith? We get it from God by hearing from God and the Word of God. So, you know, one of the greatest blessings that I ever had was I was, I was raised in church. I was taken to church. And, you know, my mom, it was, it's interesting. My mom, many of y'all saw it on Facebook. But my mom just received her 50-year perfect Sunday school attendance down at Harmony Baptist Church, and they presented her that. And she hadn't missed in 50 years. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny, because she's got this long chain of every year. And then it's got all these, and then finally it gets down to 20, 30, 40, 50. Because she first give you 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and right on down through 20. And so I, I was teasing her. I said, Mama, I want to get all your chains 
and I want to go to the Georgia Baptist Convention, and I want to put them on my uh, wear suit and put it on and just walk around and see how many of them salute me. You know, just like the military. I was just cutting up with her. But I just wanted to walk around with that, you know, that 50, 50 perfect attendance and just see how, what would be the response from all the people that go to the conventions and stuff. They'd probably be walking around saluting you like a five-star general, you know, or something like that, but just teasing with her. But you know what I'm thankful for? Is that I was brought into a setting to where the Word of God was taught on a weekly basis. And why was that important? Because faith comes by hearing. Hearing from the Word of God. So I'm thankful for all of those teacher who, teachers, when I didn't even know it, were faithful to give me those lessons from the Word of God. Because they were growing. They were giving me the faith that was going to come. I'm thankful for everyone that teaches lessons that proclaim the Word of God because it makes a difference. I'm thankful for every worker in that back but those little children. Because just think about it. The faith is going to come from hearing and hearing from God's Word, the Word of Christ. So Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us something else about faith. And here's the definition. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. I like that. That's really that's a different way of saying Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That's what faith is. Heaven is real, y'all. Eternity is real. And, hey, I have a hope and I have a certainty for that which I have not seen. Because... I have not seen nor have ear heard what is prepared for those whom God loves. It's there, and it's, it's certain. You know, it's not certain if your favorite team is going to win next week. It's not certain of that. I've seen enough to know it's not certain. But one thing I can tell you that is certain is that heaven is real, hell is real, and God is love, and God gives an invitation of his grace and mercy through Jesus. And listen... And one day, all those who have trusted him and placed their faith in him will get to spend an eternity with him. And that's what we're certain of. Man, isn't that great? You know, man, if you can't be thankful for that, <laughs> there's something wrong. But that is forever. You know, I, I know a guy that, a uh, big thing that I saw uh, recently was Hugh Hefner. Not Hefner, but Hugh Hefner. You know who Hugh, Hugh Hefner is, don't you? You probably have heard of him, Playboy magazine. You know, well, this guy, he died finally at 90-something years old, and this one guy posted on Facebook, a friend of mine, he said, man, he lived one hell of a life. And I thought, yeah. That's a great way to comment about someone, but the tragic thing is, is he could be facing one hell of an eternity apart from God. Because listen, y'all, it's that real. But faith in Christ is what makes the difference. The Bible is clear. Faith is not something we conjure up on our own. It's not something we're born with, nor is it a result of studying spiritual things. Faith truly 
is a gift from God. It really is. You know, because faith comes by hearing, in hearing from the Word of God. And then Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, We're saved by grace through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is a gift from God, not of works, lest anyone can boast. So when you think about that, man, all I have to do is that I hear the Word, and what's my part? My only part is to receive the gift. I can't work for it. I can't earn it. It's just I receive the gift. And when I receive it, then I belong to him. Now, that's a great, great thing. Some of y'all probably went out shopping on Friday, didn't you? Some of you did. Some of you might have been smart and stayed home. Some of you are probably looking forward to Cyber Monday. You know, just you'll do yours tomorrow. But listen, I keep my grandkids. I don't go out on that Friday, on that Black Friday. I keep my grandkids, which I love to do that, by the way. But y'all went out and y'all bought some presents, those of you that went. Now, did you buy those presents with the intentions of keeping them or giving them? You didn't. You, you might have bought some things for yourself. You may have. Because your husband won't go buy them for you, so you went ahead and bought them for you. Or you go, well, I want what I want, so I'm going to get what I need, and, and we'll just say it's from you. You know, I, my, my wife shops for me like that. I just say, go ahead and get what you want, all right? So I, I understand that. I understand that. But your whole intention of buying that gift is to give. But someone has to receive it. And listen, I have not seen a child yet that had a problem with receiving a gift at Christmas. Have you? Boy, they, they want to tear into it. They just want to, they can't, they are so excited about it, they wake you up before daylight so that you can get in there and open up or they can see what they have been given. And y'all listen, faith, grace, what God has given us, all we can do is receive. We can't earn it. Can't work for it. We can't get good enough. All we can do is receive what he's given us. But boy, we would be foolish to just leave the present under the Christmas tree, wouldn't we? We would be, it would be crazy not to receive the greatest gift that's ever been given. So that's part of this whole thing. And here's the next thing before I get in, and I'm going to give you the stages here real quickly. But, and, and this, is, this will be good for some of you men that like to work out, or ladies. Faith is like a muscle. It develops. It can, uh, it can be strengthened or it can grow weak. It all depends on if you use it or not. You know what I'm talking about. If, if you've got muscles, some of you men are looking around going, all right, yeah, let me, sh you know. Yeah, my son always is reminding me uh, about the gun show. He's always showing me the guns, okay, the gun show. I'm not going to tell you which son that is. You just have to figure that out. All right? I have three of them. But the, but the point is this. It's like muscles. If you don't use it, you lose it. And you ever heard the thing in the weight room? They says what? It takes pain to gain. And I know this. When you go to working out, the whole intention is you work that muscle and you lift those weights to what? Tear it down. And you weaken it in order for it to build back up 
And so I know Cheryl, she runs. Praise the Lord, you run. But when, you, when she runs, she gets exhausted. And then you reach that point that it's almost impuric to where you feel good that you're exhausted. That doesn't make sense, but it happens. And then you get built back up. And so, you know, faith is like that for so many. It's, it's like a muscle. But are we using it? Are we exercising it in our daily lives? So I'm going to give you uh, several predictable uh, stages that God uses to build your faith. And here's the first one. God gives you a dream for your life. God gives you a dream for your life. It's a dream. Now check this out. This is not, this is not your dream. This is the dream God gives you for your life. And you might be thinking, well, I don't have a dream. Well, then why do you exist? What's your purpose for getting up in the morning? If you don't have something to live for, if you don't have something that God's given you as a, as a desire for you, and it's not about you. When it gets to the spiritual part of things, it's always going to be for God's glory. It's going to be for our good, but it'll be for his glory. So what is the, what's the dream that God's given you? What's the dream? I can remember there's been some points in my life that, where I've had to question, what is it? What motivates me? What makes me get up in the morning? What gets me out that door? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And see, and it's regardless of what your profession is, God can use you right where you are to make sure that dream is accomplished. God clearly gave Joseph a dream. He gave Daniel dreams. We know that through the scriptures, don't we? But what is the dream that God has given you. It all begins there. It all starts there. Or do you just, I'm just existing. And man, you know, what a, what a sad life it is to, if you've lived your life for yourself all those years and then you get on your deathbed and all you can do is look back and go, you know, I've done nothing but live for myself. Hmm. Wow. That's, that's the reality check, isn't it? But God wants to give you a dream, a purpose for living. That's the first stage. Second one is this. Once he gives it to you, then you have to make a decision about it. you got to make a decision. Once God gives you a dream, you've got to make a decision. Well, am I going to obey him? Am I going to follow him? Am I going to do what God is asking me to do? Now, I've, I've said this before, and I've read it before. Partial obedience is what? It's disobedience. When you do something partially, it's not total obedience. And God's looking for total obedience when we come to make that decision in our life. You have a decision about to make. You know, for some of you, the dream could be, God's saying to you, I want you. I just want you in a relationship with me so that we can enjoy, have eternity together. Well, then, if that's for you, then your decision would be, well, am I going to accept that? Am I going to receive that? Am I going to have that relationship? And that's, that's a life or death decision. 
It's an important, eternal decision. So we, we have a decision to make. But then here's the next stage. The next stage is usually is delay. And this is when you have to wait. You have to wait for God. And you have to wait uh, for him to work it out through time. Now, I know about some dreams that I've had, and I made the decision. For, for one of them, I, wait, I really waited a long time before I said yes to the Lord. But once I did, I still had to go through that stage in my journey of faith to where I was wanting to make it happen. But then I was having to wait. It was like a delay. Any of you know about that stage? Are you in that stage right now? Where God's given you a dream? And you've made the decision, I'm going with it. But yet you're in the waiting room. And here's the deal. If we, if we rush this process, or if we try to take over the process, then it could lead to a, to a detour. And it could lead to some disaster if we try to do it our way instead of waiting for God to do it his way. Waiting is not easy, is it? I can only imagine for those of you who went out Friday how, do you, how you had to wait in those lines and wait uh, when you see uh, all those people. But when everybody comes together in one spot, guess what's going to happen? Somebody's going to have to wait. But waiting is, uh, is a key ingredient in our journey of faith, y'all. And it's, that delay comes, but you just got to trust God through the process. Okay? So that's the uh, third stage. The next stage, <laughs> this is not the easy one. The next stage is difficulty. And this is where God tests you. This is when you start going through the rough things in life and God tests you. Some of you know about that stage. Some of you are in that stage where it seems like, oh man, I just came, came through this tough test in my life and now I'm getting hit with something else. Hmm. Some of these tests comes, they come in all kinds of forms. Some of them can be physical tests. You might get that report. You might get that doctor telling you something that you weren't ready to hear. You're being tested. And you know what? That's a difficult time in our stages of our, our growing in God with our faith. Some of our times, our tests come through our children and through our family to where we see what they're going through. And all we can do is we, can, we pray for them, we, we encourage them, we're there for them, but we can't do it for them. And so what? They have to learn for themselves about the different stages of faith as they go through it. But rest for sure. Difficulties are going to come in your journey. <laughs> and you know, the thing that I, I have often thought as I have gone through the difficult times, the tests, the Bible says in James 1, 
chapter 1, verse 2, he says these words, which I'm like, James, are you kidding me? He says, count it all joy when you fall into these various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith is going to produce this, patience, endurance. And, he, and I'm like, James, are you kidding me? Are you serious? I'm supposed to be joyful when I go through this test in this difficult time? You guys know, if you've been through that test, how can I count it joy? Because he says, knowing that the testing of your faith is going to produce something. And it's going to produce that patience, that endurance, that steadfastness. In other words, your faith is not weak. It's going to endure this whole process, this whole journey. Wow. That's a, stay, that's a tough stage, isn't it? Are some of you in that stage right now? Well, if you are, then stay steadfast knowing that. Next then comes this one. Where you might reach what is known as a dead end. This is the stage where you want to give up. I mean, you're like, I've had it. I'm tired of all these tests and what everything's going through. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm over it. Hmm. And you want to give up. You're just ready to quit. You want to give up on this journey. Hmm. That's real. And I can assure you there's an enemy that's whispering in your ear telling you to give up, to quit. This God doesn't care for you. Look what he's doing. Look at all these tests he's, you're going through. Look at all these difficulties you're going through. He's not there for you. Just give up. Just quit up. Quit on your dream. Stop it. Anybody been there? Anybody at that point that they're ready to just give up? I don't want you to raise your hand at that one, okay? You just keep it down. Because I've been there. I wouldn't dare raise my hand to that question, but I've been there before to where I just wanted to give up. I just wanted to quit. I'm tired. And you know what? Job had a wife that told him those very words. After Job had lost everything, after he lost all of his possessions and he lost all ten of his children, his wife just said, Job, why don't you just curse God, give up, quit just just get it over with just let God kill you and let's be done with it and by the way we we don't ever know what Job's wife's name was just Mrs. Job is all I know but she's never named but she was there and I don't want to bash her because this was a lady that had 10 10 kids and then God turned around and gave her 10 more by the end of Job so uh, she had 20 children so I'm not bashing any woman that has 20 children, all right? Some of you women are looking around going, I didn't realize that she had 20 kids, but she did, all right? Some of you go, whew, I just had two, and that was enough. Some of you are going four and no more, you know, but 20? Get real, man, what a, what a reunion. <laughs> but here's the key. When you're at that point, when you go, God... I just can't do it anymore. Then guess what? You're ready to give up. 
you're right where God wants you. Because that's when he takes you to the next one. And that final one is deliverance. It's where you see God step in and you see God come through. Let it be done to you according to your faith. Wow. And you know, we all want the deliverance part. We all want to get out of it. We all want to get through it, don't we? We all want to be on the other side of it. But it takes stages. So I close this morning with this with you. What The question is this, what stage of faith do you believe God is taking you through right now? What stage of faith do you think God is taking you through? Is it your dream? Is it your decision to follow that dream? Or does he have you delayed waiting and you're tired of waiting? Or are you in that difficult time? Are you at that point you're just about to give up? Well, listen, whatever stage he has you at, the next question is, what is God saying to you about it? What is God saying to you about it? Now that you've identified the stage that you're in this morning, what's God saying to you about it? And then the final question is, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Because number one and two are so important. Having that relationship with God begins the journey. And then the others in the middle are so important because it's about waiting and trusting and not giving up. But the final one is, y'all, is when at the end of your life, I want to be like Paul. I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. Man, that fires me up. I have fought it. I have fought. This has been a good fight. And I have kept the faith. Mm. May that be the end for each of us as we do this thing called life. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you. Thank you for your word today that challenges us. God, I can't help but think of those blind men that woke up that morning and couldn't see. And through that day, they met Jesus and they said, yeah, we believe you can do it. And then he said to them, well, guys, let it be done to you.